morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T fam this morning. We got Gonzo, aka Super G, joining us on this Thursday. Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, and Johnny Crypto's out there watching from the stands. So shout out to my man, Johnny Crypto, sending you love and high vibes. Today in Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how SEC Chairman Gary Gensler is stating that the rules are clear for crypto and almost all of the 23,000 existing tokens qualify as securities. As ARK Invest CEO Kathy Wood states Coinbase could bring clarity to the United States, telling the world to prepare for a Supreme Court ruling. The allegations continue to pile up for Sam Bankman-Fried as he's now being accused of bribing Chinese officials, while Mark Yusko doubles down on his take that the crypto revolution is already upon us explaining how Bitcoin could be the savior to a U.S. dollar collapse. Elizabeth Warren is leading an anti-crypto campaign in the United States, and XRP's price chart is up nearly 60% in the last 10 days, as popular traders flood into the space, now stating a $3 price target could happen sooner than ever imagined. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Gonzo, we've got some great news prepared for today, and specifically, Elizabeth Warren leading an anti-crypto campaign. Good thing elections are right around the corner, but how are you feeling this morning, my friend, and thank you for being here. I'm feeling outstanding. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, yeah, uh, sorry I had to drop off yesterday. Uh, I had something going on, but uh, it was a great show. Abs, you did a great job with uh, digital perspectives. I thought there was a lot of great content. I could just sit here for hours and just listen to some of our special guests and all the, all, all the alpha they bring us. But um, yeah, I think it's gonna be a great show. But to answer that question, somebody just brought up in the chat as far as like those personal emojis, like Sin City Crypto has, you know what, I'm not sure, but I will go ahead and ask and we'll find out about that to see if maybe we can create some personal emojis so that we can have for our show. That would be awesome. That's a great idea, Gonzo. And Jackie, how you feeling this morning? Thank you for making time for us on this Thursday. I know Johnny Crypto is going to be in the live chat, so I'm going to continue to shout him out. But how you feeling? And thank you for being here, Jackie. I'm feeling good. Um, happy to be here with my my fam. Uh, love you guys so much. I, yeah, it's crazy how quick a week goes by. It's it's kind of insane. But happy to be here. Excited to talk some crypto with you guys. Awesome. Happy to have you, Jackie. And we're going to start this show off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every member of our team. We're at 3,274 followers. Smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in greed this morning, sitting at a 60, Gonzo. And when we check out some of the daily movers, it's 50-50. We've got some green and we've got some red. XLM is up 3.6% inch, one inch. That's a funny token, up 13.3%, but that's pretty much all I see on the board today. When we check out the total coin market cap, we are sitting at 1.18 trillion total market cap this morning. Bitcoin is 47% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 28,400. Ethereum, 1,790. XRP, 54 cents, up nearly 21% on the seven day. Cardano is 38 cents. Let's scroll down to Quant Network, sitting at 127. A little bit of bullish price action here. Shout out to our Quant holders. And guys, we got 200 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Coach JV just commented three beautiful souls. Well, that would be a fourth. Shout out to Coach JV. But Jackie, what are some of the projects that you're watching this morning? And how do you feel about some of the price action we've experienced? We're going to show our listeners a video explaining just how high the XRP price chart could go. 
Yeah, I mean, who's not watching the XRP price right now? It has gone pretty wild over the last couple of days. Um, looking at that, also looking at Arbitrum, I know a lot of uh, DGENs are jumping on that train. There's a lot of DEXs coming out on Arbitrum as well. So if you're someone who's kind of deep in the crypto space, take a look at those. Um, if you're not, I would not suggest trading those. Those are kind of, those are very volatile, but um, that I was talking to you guys earlier. Uh, that's what kind of gets me excited about what we might see, um, you know, kind of seeing Bitcoin dominance testing a high, and then we might see a little mini alt season coming up. I know Gonzo has been talking about that quite a bit. So um, definitely be looking at taking some profits, guys. Uh, if you've been watching Coach JV's YouTube channel, uh, you know how what he thinks that's going to happen um, over towards the end of this year, what we've been talking about is going to happen towards the end of this year. So definitely look at, at taking some, some risk off the table just so that you have that on the side. Absolutely, Jackie and Gonzo. I'd love to get your thoughts as well, but I've got some a little bit of maybe bad news for our listeners out there. As Jim Cramer just gave XRP the kiss of death on Fox News, or not Fox News, whatever network he works for, stating that they may actually win the SEC lawsuit. Because like we say, if Jim Cramer says one thing, we got to do the opposite. So I'm going to play this nine second clip and go to you, Gonzo. Here we go. Very quickly breeze past it there, but he said the SEC's in a ripple case. They may not even win the ripple case. Is that a good thing or a bad thing, Gonzo? I'm kicking it to you. Yeah, man. I, I'm just hoping that because he skipped right over it, that it doesn't affect us. And that maybe every once in a while, like what do they say? A, a broken clock is uh, right twice a day, right? And so let's just hope that that's what's going on. But as far as XRP, Jackie's spot on. Like, you know, we've been speculating a lot that, you know, we're going to see some serious price action when we get the resolution of the SEC case. But um, I've been doing some research and it seems like more what we've had with XRP and the price action is the Asian markets, right? They've been responsible lately since January for a lot of the different pumps that have gone on. And if you look at the volume that's happened with XRP, you've had billions of dollars of trading volume that's come out of the Asian markets or the South Korean markets, right? I think Corbit was one of the exchanges. It had like 50% of its trading volume was in XRP. The other ones were like in the team. So that's a lot of money that's coming into the project. And then that goes to what Jackie was talking about with Arbitrum. We just had the airdrop. We had the same thing happen with Aptos, with OP, with Blur, where you get this kind of floor where it settles. And then usually what happens is they get listed on the Asian markets and then it starts to run. So I'm paying attention to Arbitrum for like a short-term trade. It's already up 11%, but it got listed, I think today or last night on some of those Korean markets. You can actually go to CoinGecko and when you pick Arbitrum out, you can go to the markets that are listed and then it'll show you the volume and you can kind of watch the volume because there is, um, there is this thing where when you see that volume spike, it causes the price to run. So something to look at if you want. Absolutely, guys. And check out the little XRP analysis from one of our good friends, Waters Above, yesterday, breaking down just how high the XRP price chart could go. And I want to remind our listeners, several months ago, I believe it was about four weeks ago, actually, Waters Above put out a price chart explaining how we were about to break out of an 800-day bull flag. That was before this XRP price run even began. And here he is telling us where we could go next. So we're going to play the short clip and go back to the group. Here we go. This adds um, another piece of data for you guys to consider regarding continuation of this automatic rally. So we have right here this intersection coming in at about 60 cents of 60 cents. 
So this adds um, another piece of data for you guys to consider regarding continuation of this automatic rally. So we have right here this intersection coming in at about 60 cents, 61 cents. If we were to see a closure on the weekly for XRP above 60, 61 cents even to be more confident, there's pretty much thin air until 91 cents. So this is a very, very important level. And uh, one thing I'm also seeing is a weekly W pattern that's pretty massive. If I go in a linear scale and I do a conservative pull neckline to the lows, and then I just move this measured move up to the neckline, you see it puts us somewhere around 75, 76 cents. And that would definitely be my next target area to consider because it's the 0.5 FIB. That 0.5 FIB is everything after you get above that 382 because that's typically your rejection level, which could lead to what we call a dead cap bounce. Amazing. And this is why Waters Above is so great at what he does. And guys, we got 260 live listeners already joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to talk about how the XRP lawsuit and crypto regulation happening in America today could affect the elections that are just around the corner. But Gonzo, before we get into that, I'd love to talk about the XRP price chart in particular. Waters Above just highlighted for all of our listeners out there, from basically $0.55 cents to $0.90, cents, it's a clear path for the XRP price chart. So I'd love to hear what you're anticipating and how you feel the lunar cycles could actually play into this. Yeah, we're coming up to a full moon, and that's what Waters was talking about, that we might not see some serious price action, but maybe after that. But what he's talking about is the confluence of that trend line and then the uh, 382 FIB level, right, which is an important level. That's at $0.60. Cents. Once we break that, what he's talking about is that automatic rally going into the 0.5 FIB and then the golden pocket. Usually with cryptos, once you get in an automatic rally, you're going to go somewhere between the 0.5 FIB all the way into the golden pocket. And that's why we're saying that we could see an XRP that goes somewhere between $0.80 cents and $1.10. Where are we getting that number from? That's kind of where the 0.5 FIB and the top of the golden pocket play out. And so that's why we're looking at those levels. Gonzo, and something else I noticed yesterday is I was looking at the monthly time frame for XRP. And I know those long-term time frames aren't the most exciting to look at. But when you check out the monthly chart, we clearly created a bottom over the last 12 months. And what's so exciting about that for our listeners is the quarterly chart, which is the four-month chart for XRP, is one of the most bullish formations you can have. So while I pull that up in the background, Jack, I'd love to get some thoughts from you as well. We're going to show our listeners a really cool <laughs> a really cool article talking about how XLM and MoneyGram actually got awarded the best use of blockchain in fintech this week, which is really exciting for all of our XLM holders. But in regards to the XRP news, we played this interesting video talking about what could happen after the lawsuit and how companies like Bank of America and JP Morgan are already set up to leverage XRP this man highlights that extremely well. So I'm going to play this short clip and go to you, Jackie. Here we go. Just about um, the potential coming resolution to the SEC XRP case, which has been brewing for a while. And I mean, that, that, that's how I, I read that search. Yeah, you know, I think that's one piece of it. But for, for whatever reason, I like to unpack a little more of the conversation. And here's the other part. Whether they win or they lose, it doesn't matter, to be honest with you. They still have those long-term institutional partnerships in which – uh, they will still be able to move value across the internet. And to my, in my personal opinion about this and the way I think about this is if they are made an example of, it's still not a bad thing, right? The world is staged. Let's like kind of quote Shakespeare thinking about that. It's all right. Rather they win or rather they lose. They're still going to be able to play a pivotal role representing Bank of America and several other large institutions and moving capital around the world, providing liquidity to both those small and regional financial institutions. I think that's, what's, that's what we're seeing on the back end. 
Jackie, and we've gotten validation of this, not only from the employees at Ripple, but from many of the partners they've made since 2018. Before they were even sued by the SEC in 2020, Ripple only was live in three corridors on the planet. Since they've been sued by the SEC, they've expanded to over 40 corridors on the planet, which actually makes up over 90% of global GDP. So when we talk about a flip of the switch moment, I wish I could play the audio from the clip. Gonzo, I'm sure you remember this. I showed you a couple of days ago of where David Schwartz was talking about how you can run a federated side chain all around, the, all through the back door. Nobody can know what's going on. And then when you're ready for real liquidity, you can make that shift through the simple flip of the switch. This is what he's kind of highlighting here. The fact that Bank of America and many of these other firms not only are ready to leverage XRP, but it could happen just like that. So when we talk about these drastically high price targets, I believe that's how we could get there. Not only would um, crypto exchanges go and purchase large amounts of XRP, we could see real utility come into this market and traditional firms be the ones who actually drive liquidity in. So really exciting, Jackie. I'd love to get some thoughts from you. What do you think about him referencing Bank of America as possibly leveraging XRP? <laughs> My friend just commented, an intellectual, and he's completely correct. But I'd love to get some thoughts from you, Jackie. What do you think about XRP being leveraged in the future banking system and the validation we're getting here? Yeah, that's something that we've talked about uh, quite a bit on this show. I know a lot of people, you know, they just look at the chart. They just look at the price price action. And people that are big on XRP, you know, they're constantly uh, conflicted. Why? Why is the price where it's at? All these partnerships, this, that. Um, but that, you know, that's the key to what he said. Long-term institutional partnerships. They've had these for a while. They constantly are building that up. And that's why all the time that we've been talking about, you know, trust, Trust the partnerships, trust the team, trust the people, the founders, um, trust what they're doing as far as development, quit paying attention to the price because that will come. Um, and so commenting on that, um, yeah, it's just more validation of, of what they're building up. But then I also want to say, you know, there's there's some things kind of coming coming to an apex uh Looking at the price action that we've had, um, not much news around that, but we do know what's going on in macro and microeconomics behind that. Um, you know, all of these banks shutting down, um, getting uh, getting bought up by other banks, by other institutions. Um, we actually, this was kind of unique. We had someone come by the office the other or yesterday specifically, kind of in a frantic. And I talked to Gonzo about this, so I don't know necessarily if he was he was uh, completely all there, but um, you know, kind of in a frantic rage, saying he needed to buy XRP, wasn't able to get it. He needed help buying XRP because he was ready to drop a bag. Um, I'm not going to say how much, but it was it was quite a bit, maybe enough to even move the chart himself, but. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. And also, I know as well, uh, I was talking with Coach JB yesterday. He was um, he was at the bank and kind of doing some things there. And he was talking with the teller and the teller was in, informing him on, you know, they saying that they had a meeting on April 11th, a big meeting on April 11th. Um, things were kind of weird. It was Wells Fargo in particular, as Wells Fargo teller. Things were kind of odd. You know, they had bought up a bank um, in California that had gone under and they had a big meeting on April 11th. And then I've been hearing a lot of news around April 1st. I'm not trying to get everyone, um, you know, excited uh, because that's, it, it, I'm just saying things, things are, things are coming to an apex to a point. I don't want people to rush in at this point in time. You know, we are, we are, um, 
moving up in price action, but I know how that goes with the emotional emotional trading, right? Everyone FOMOs in. So definitely be careful. Um, consider risk reward. Uh, but there are there are some unique things coming coming together at this point in time. Absolutely, Jackie. And we got 313 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, before I play this video, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. Jackie, my mind is almost blown from that story. So Gonzo, you give your thoughts. I'd love to get mine. It's funny because, yeah, when Jackie told me about the story, I'm always kind of like, "Mm, I don't know. He's got that much money, but he doesn't know how to buy XRP. So I'm always thinking like scam, but I don't know. But I think what what, what Jackie says is very key and important. That's why you got to have a plan, right? You got to trade your plan. And I just take it day by day. I take it in levels. Like Water says, we're looking at that 60 cents level, right? We got to get above that. But if you're going to de-risk, that's why it's important that you have these, that you know what your exit prices are if you're going to de-risk and that they're already set. Because we already know when XRP takes off, it takes off. It doesn't stay there for very long and then it comes right back down. So it's important to have a plan, know what your exit prices are going to be, know how much you're going to sell. And then if you're going to de-risk, go ahead and set those those sell orders so then you don't worry about it, right? And then if they execute, they execute. And if they don't, then you just continue to hold and you wait until those levels hit. But you want to make sure that you have a plan, though. You don't want to be like all of a sudden you hear that XRP is at a dollar and you're trying to get onto an exchange or something and trying to put a sell order because everybody's already doing that. And sometimes the exchanges go down and then that's where you have a lot of drama. So make sure that you have a plan. Gonzo, history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. And this is the price chart for XRP that I was referencing earlier. Look at the three-month candles that we've created here. We came down, couldn't get below this level, and here we are finally breaking out. I'd like to remind our listeners, back in 2017, XRP went from a fraction of a penny to just below $4 in only 240 days. That's 70,000% gains on your bags in only 240 days. If that's not a historical once-in-a-lifetime investment, I'm not sure what is. So I'd love to roll into our next topic because Gonzo, you brought up something important, which is the shift that everybody knows. And I actually think it was Jackie who was talking about it. This technology, it's already widely accepted behind the scenes as something that's inevitable. And Jackie just referenced it with the JP Morgan story. Many of these big bankers understand the banking system today is completely outdated. And many of the crypto products that exist are the solution to that problem. So we're going to play this short clip and go back to the group. Here we go. There's a lot of hatred out there for that XRP. And I don't even but regardless of personalities, the principles of what that system does, there's no one close to it. I mean, let's think about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. If you're in this right. digital world and you're going to transfer wealth around and you want it to be verifiable, on a ledger that's immutable and accurate for all parties, it can't be beat. And that's why there's so many people who are advocates of XRP. But let's actually, as we just showed you why this technology is so important, look at what United States politicians are doing right now is the breaking news out of America is Senator Elizabeth Warren is creating a campaign called the Anti-Crypto Campaign. She's going to start an anti-crypto army in the United States. And this is the campaign she's using to actually get reelected. So shout out to many of the people who are voting for Elizabeth Warren. This is a very interesting article. Jack, I'd like to get some thoughts from you, then we'll kick it over to Gonzo. How do you feel about banks acknowledging that crypto is necessary while we have United States politicians leading anti-crypto campaigns? I'll take it back to um, the YouTube, or I don't know if it was YouTube, the video we just watched. Um, the gentleman saying, you know, a lot of it is theatrics. So I think that Elizabeth Warren is continuing to push that agenda just to keep eyes um, away from cryptocurrency. Um, right there, anti-crypto, right? We've talked about wording. Uh, pay attention to wording, cryptocurrency. Um, just 
a month ago, you know, we had, oh gosh, my mind's blanking on her name, but she was saying the future was blockchain, uh, metaverse and, um, Rosie Rios. Rosie Rios. Yes, exactly. So Rosie Rios just got up and, and had a, a speech saying the future was was blockchain, metaverse, and I, I forget the last thing, but those those three things listed, it was crypto related. But um, and then you have, you know, Warren coming up anti crypto army. So when you have these labels, too, that's another thing to pay attention to. When you have labels like like army and stuff like that going against, it's usually like I found it more common than not. It usually is. Or you have. Um, you know, choke point 2.0, things like that. It's usually, you know, an agenda being pushed. So that's my thoughts on it. Absolutely. Oh, no way. Oh, Listen, no way. Guys, we got breaking news. Johnny Crypto has officially rolled out of bed on this. Johnny's week. in the house. Johnny Crypto, always happy to have you on the show, my friend. Thanks for making time for us. How are you feeling? Thanks for being here. Um, definitely feel a lot better than yesterday, that's for sure. When I, when I, I was listening to you guys while I was laying in bed, and when I heard this rat snake weasel coming out, starting an anti-crypto campaign, I said, we got to hop out here. You know, we know what this is all about. This is all about WWE. And she gets to play, you know, maybe the hero for the folks who want to call her the hero or maybe the heel. But it is really, really interesting that she's totally against crypto all of a sudden that when she was actually pushing a crypto bill a few years ago, if you remember, she had a crypto bill going out there, but, uh, yeah, it's just a shame that they're really, really working so hard to try and kill crypto. Um, and it just tells you that there's obviously it's a threat to the, the current monetary system. What we're going to have to see is it's going to be a big battle. We know we're in the fight you stage. And the real question is going to be, what is crypto going to look like when we come out the other end? And that's the part we don't know today. It's going to be very interesting. Well, Johnny Crypto, Mentelex said Johnny Crypto saw the XRP price chart and got motivated. Now we know what it takes to get Johnny on the show. And Johnny, I'm really happy that you joined us. When I first saw this out this article, the first thing that came to mind was when they exposed the game between Gary Gensler and Elizabeth Warren before speaking to Congress. Not only did they share a script, guys, they shared the answers. They shared exactly what Gary Gensler's response should be to questions and then they pretended like they were having an organic conversation. So I do feel like this only further explains and elaborates just where their head's at when it comes to the crypto market. And Gonzo, I'd like to get some thoughts from you. I'm not sure if you got to give your take before Johnny jumped on. What do you think about Elizabeth Warren leading this campaign when just a couple of months ago, I believe it was October of 2022, they had a conference where Gary Gensler and Elizabeth Warren were sharing questions and answers. Here she is yeah. like she's unbiased. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think Johnny's right. I think it's all theater, but I also think it's a miscalculation on their part on where the voters are sitting. Right, her generation, the 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 baby boomers are dying out. Right, and then you have these younger generations, these thirty five and below, maybe even forty below, that actually hold crypto, and that in this next election are going to vote on the person that is pro crypto. So I think they're kind of miscalculating that because they've always had that core of the boomers that went out and voted and, and, and they, they, they think that they represent them, but those people are dying out and technology is coming forward. They're not going to stop this. It's it's, but like Johnny says, it's complete theater. She's trying to do an anti-crypto thing, but yet the NASDAQ is rolling out in second quarter, their custody of crypto. Right. And that's just the beginning, right? Imagine all the other kind of products that they're going to start to roll out as we get more and more regulatory, regulatory, well, I can't even say it, regulatory clarity, right? And then you better believe that when NASDAQ goes and sits with Gary Gensler, 
you don't think that they're going to get the clarity or they're going to get the, 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 the guidance that they need. They're not going to get treated because they're part of the traditional finance system. So they're not going to get treated like Coinbase or like Kraken. They're going to get treated differently. You watch, you mark my words. I believe you, Gonzo, and here's some more evidence leading to exactly what you were just stating. The NASDAQ is going to join other large financial firms like BNY Mellon and Fidelity in offering custody for cryptocurrencies, as well as intermediary services or the tokenization of traditional assets in order to utilize these related technologies. So what they just said right there is cryptocurrency good. We're going to promote it. And here's what's exciting, Johnny. I wanted to show our listeners this video right before you jumped on. Uh, let me just find it up here. Sorry about this, guys. But there was actually an article that we can file, we can highlight here of your good friend Mark Yusko breaking down what's happening in the United States and how crypto regulation is so much bigger than Gary Gensler. But before we dive into that, guys, we got 374 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny Crypto, thank you for making time for us today. I know you're battling some stuff. Let's get some brief comments on this. We showed our listeners this video of Jim Cramer stating that he believes XRP is Ripple is going to win the lawsuit against the SEC. The audio is a little bit poor, and I played it earlier in the episode, but while you're here, please give me your brief comments. Is this the kiss of death, the fact that Jim Cramer is now endorsing Ripple against the SEC? It's definitely not a good thing because we all know that you do the opposite of what, of what, of what Cramer says. So very interesting, interesting to see him flip-flop. However, remember, every once in a while, Cramer needs a win. You need to have a win to keep your credibility on TV, right? So let's hope that maybe this is the one win that he's looking for. Absolutely, Johnny. And just give me one second here, guys. I'm sorry. I'm looking for a video that I was trying to show our yeah, listeners no earlier in the episode. You, but yeah, you know, while you're looking for that, we'll, uh, we can you know we can talk about uh, well lots of things, right? The ripple prize. So much happening in the news. We can even talk about our special guest that's coming on next week. You know what, guys? Since we have the time, we are going to show you a brand new interview of this is the Starbucks founder and CEO talking about how billionaires aren't a bad thing. But Johnny Crypto, you just leaked it. So we may as well dive into it right now. We are going to have a premier guest coming on the show next Wednesday, a really exciting member of the team, somebody that we're going to call an honorary member of the 3T family now. Jeremy Hogan is going to be joining the show next Wednesday. So we're going to be talking about everything from the XRP lawsuit to American regulation. I'm really, really excited for this interview. So we're already preparing and getting ready for that, Johnny. So thank you for reminding me. Super excited to fill our listeners in. But guys, with that being said, we're going to play this very interesting interview of Starbucks CEO explaining how billionaires shouldn't be penalized for their success. The last thing you said, and it's been said many times by the chairman, I just want to make a point of that. This, this monarch of billionaire, let's just get, get at that, okay? I grew up in federally subsidized housing. Let me finish. I grew up in federally subsidized housing. My parents never owned a home. I came from nothing. I thought my entire life was based on the achievement of the American dream. Yes, I have billions of dollars. I earned it. No one gave it to me. And I've shared it constantly with the people of Starbucks. And so anyone who keeps labeling this billionaire thing is to show I, I don't mean to cut you off. We have time limits here. And you well, I'm not cutting you off. It's your, it's your moniker constantly. It's unfair. No, it is I not. Heard. You have had more time. I've well, been generous with it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm sorry. But Mr. Chairman, we have a. That's a crazy face right there. Room full of people. We have a panel to go after. <laughs> those eyes are some those are some hateful eyes he's got right there, Johnny Crypto. But I want to focus on what he said during that interview. Currently, billionaires today and Gonzo, let's actually start with Gonzo here. Gonzo, we talked about this many times. Billionaires today are penalized for their success. And many people who are uneducated about how the economic system works 
are calling for a redistribution of wealth through higher tax policies for billionaires. Well, for anybody who doesn't understand, if you took an economics class, the first class they teach you freshman year is that pyramid of how the economics work. The money goes down the pyramid and it gets funneled back up. Well, when you have centralized companies like Amazon, Walmart, Starbucks, in nearly every town in America, this type of stuff is going to be exploited. And there are going to be people who get that surplus of wealth. So I'd love to hear your open thoughts about what he said. Do you agree with him defending the billionaire status and the fact that it doesn't need to change in the United States? Well, you know what? I agree with what he's what he's saying about him, because good for him for standing up, you know, to Congress and because they're labeling him a billionaire. But he worked his ass off to get that right. No one handed him anything. He built the company from the ground up and now he's reaping the rewards. I mean, when you look at us, don't we want to be billionaires? Right. That's what we're building. We're building generational wealth here. Right. And we're all going to have our story where we started in certain areas that we started poor, whatever that was. And we built what we had. Nobody handed us anything. Right. And so good for him for standing up for himself, because not all the billionaires are like Elon Musk, where they were handed everything. Right. Some of these guys built their billions from the ground up. And that's kind of what the American dream was. Right. That you could start at a certain level and you can claw and fight your way all the way up if you had the right mindset and you had the right worth at, uh, work ethic. Absolutely. Johnny, I'd love to get some additional thoughts from you and then we'll kick it to Jackie. How do you feel about the Starbucks CEO defending his billionaire status, stating he came from federal subsidized housing and now he's being penalized for climbing the economic pyramid? It's the American dream, right? You come here to try and grow, grow and change your life and improve it. This guy came from nothing, living in federal housing to becoming a multi-billionaire and everybody wants to bash him. But you know what everybody forgets? Did you see how many employees it said he had? Did you see the number? Yeah, 402. 400, this guy, this single man, one man created 402,000. There are 402,000 people working because of this one man. And you're going to sit here and bash billionaires? No, you don't bash But This is what I hate. You know, listen, none of us are billionaires, right? And everybody wants to bash billionaires. But the reality is billionaires create jobs that most of us are working for. So stop with the bashing of the billionaires. It's a bunch of horse bullshit. Be grateful for them because they created jobs so that we all have work, right, to be able to keep the economies going. And if somebody's able to elevate themselves to billionaire stash, you should pat them on the back. You shouldn't be jealous about it. And all these guys want to do is go after them and take all their money. And the reality is if it wasn't for them, we'd all be scrapping trying to figure out what to do for work. So, no, I have no problem at all hit him defending what he's doing. You saw crazy Bernie going after him. For what, Bernie, what has Bernie done? What what has he done? What jobs? How many jobs has Bernie created for his state? You know what I mean? So, no, I, I get very frustrated when they go after billionaires because these are the guys that are creating. These are the innovators that are creating. If you keep going after them and they stop innovating, there's going to be less and less jobs. And that means there's going to be more and more subsidy programs. It means more of your tax dollars spent, more tax dollars printed, which means your dollar goes down in value, not up. Absolutely, Jackie. And I think the article we're about to show relates perfectly to that. So I'd love to just read a couple headlines and then kick it to you. The Biden administration crypto actions will have election consequences, said ARK Invest Kathy Wood. And she actually agrees with many of the things that Johnny and Gonzo just laid out. We have an opportunity in America to decide who the politicians are. And I feel like many people have forgotten about that. Well, Kathy Wood took the, took the time to remind us. ARK Invest Kathy Wood says the Biden administration's abrupt escalation against the crypto industry will have consequences at the ballot box. Wood says there's no doubt that approximately 50 million Americans who own Bitcoin and crypto assets are closely watching the recent moves from the White House. 
President Biden fears crypto and does not support American businesses involved in the industry. I don't know if you saw the president's annual economic report, said Kathy Wood. It came out a couple of days ago and it went after crypto big time. I honestly think what we're seeing with young people especially is this is going to become a national election issue. Congressman Barney Frank stated that Signature Bank was specifically shut down to send a message to the crypto community. And Kathy Wood said the SEC's apparent intention to sue U.S.-based crypto exchange Coinbase will ultimately bring clarity to crypto in the United States. She believes the potential lawsuit could bring a massive issue of whether Americans should be able to freely trade and hold crypto assets all the way to the Supreme Court. And we've referenced how Ripple could go to the Supreme Court. Well, here's another case that they could be dealing with. Coinbase has been preparing for this for quite a while, said Kathy Wood. So I think there's going to be a court battle, and I think Congress is where it should end up. But I also think that Coinbase is willing to take this all the way to the Supreme Court. In the interim, I think it becomes a national election issue. If innovation isn't allowed to thrive in the United States, Jackie, it's going to happen otherwise. We've seen it time and time again. I'd love to get your thoughts. Do you think there will be any election implications for the fact that crypto is being outlawed by many of the politicians in office today? Um, yeah, I, I mean, just Kathy Woods is a smart woman. Um, she definitely knows what's up. Uh, she does her research. She has a team that does their, their research. So I would definitely recommend following her moves. Um, it is interesting that this is, uh, this is the news that came out just three days ago. Kathy Woods had actually offloaded, um, you know, some of her investments in, in Chinese companies and actually, um, put more into Coinbase, um, her coin, uh, investments. And so, so it's interesting to see those two articles line up. I definitely, uh, believe that, you know, there, there's always going to be, um, clarity coming from, from people that get put into office and, and regulation that comes about and things that are decided, um, you know, on a Congress standpoint, but I, what I'm saying is I think it's, it's smart to look at how she is, uh, maneuvering in the markets herself uh with this news coming out and what she had done three days ago it kind of gives a tell of what is you know what she expects is going to happen and what actually might happen you know down the road absolutely jackie and sorry i got stuck on the mute button there but look at what coach jv had to comment as well on the elizabeth warren campaign being led in america today he says if it's anti that means buy and i couldn't agree more it's a classic example of what we brought up yesterday johnny when mark yesco said this if you're being complimented for purchasing an asset, you're making the wrong move. If you're being criticized for purchasing an asset, you're probably doing the right thing. So I think that's a great example there. How do you feel about Kathy Wood stating that there's nearly 50 million Americans whose votes could be affected by the fact that Biden's trying to outlaw crypto in the U.S.? Yeah, you know, that, that is a big number. And it'll be interesting to see if people are going to actually vote by that. I don't know what's going to sway people's vote this year, how important bitcoin is to them um especially below if elections you know there is a lot of thought that elections are rigged now right as we all saw in 2020 something weird was going on but anyway nonetheless i think it's all going to come down to what people <coughs> think is is the most important to them whether it's the economy whether it's the monetary policies and systems i really don't know which way people are going to vote to be honest with you but could this sway it one way or another? Certainly 50 million people. And, and, you know, if people realize, you know what, Abs, I'll tell you what would make a difference. If people realize that what's what's coming, if they knew CBDCs and what it really meant <laughs> and how much they value uh, Bitcoin, then I think it could absolutely make, have a major swing. The question is, 
I don't think people are going to understand. The majority of people are going to understand the 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 downside, if you will, of a CBDC until it's too late. I think it's going to be way after 2024. So I'm not so sure how much it's going to play in. But if there's a lot of hype and a lot of talk about, oh, crypto's bad, crypto's bad, crypto's bad. Yeah, it certainly could, I think, sway some of those voters, swing them one way or the other. Absolutely, Johnny Crypto. And we're going to dive into this interesting article about how SEC Chair Gary Gensler insists that the rules are already clear for crypto. But we got 384 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Eagle Rocks commented, Johnny yeah. Crypto is spreading rumors about the elections being rigged. So that's pretty funny. Jackie, do you have an, uh, an additional comment? Yeah, just really quick. I was seeing some comments in, in the chat. Um, guys, she hiked her Coinbase shares three days ago. Just I that that was in the news. I'm just saying that there's a couple people oh, saying that she sold. She hiked. She hiked by thirty seven thousand shares. So just look that up. Wait. So when you say hiked, what does that mean? She invested. She, she invested, invested in. Okay. So people are saying she sold her shares, and that's yeah. Not people are saying she sold. Well, she may have sold a while back, but just three days ago. Yeah, she she's, uh, she sold kind of the top, and then she right. bought in. She bought back in. Mm, classic we like to call that a wash sale and i'm only kidding but guys we're about to show you a really interesting video right now about how sam bankman fried's allegations against him are piling up and they're actually getting darker than ever as now new information is released of sam bankman fried bribing chinese officials to unfreeze accounts at almeida research this is a very ter- telling article but we're going to try to put a positive spin on it here we go so Ava, tell us about this new allegation. He already has more than a dozen in front of him. Exactly, and this uh, makes it the 13th charge that he's facing. Prosecutors allege that Sam Bankman-Fried in 2021 directed that $40 million worth of cryptocurrency be paid to Chinese government officials as part of a bribe. He was trying to get uh, more than a billion dollars worth of cryptocurrency that was frozen on two exchanges wow. in China. Wow. FTX was headquarters, of course, in the Bahamas before the collapse. So how are prosecutors... I mean, we can pause it there. There was such a long, awkward pause in that interview. May as well pause the video. But Johnny, we already got 400 live listeners joining us. So guys, show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to talk about some XRP content after this video. So if you're here for XRP, just stick around. But Johnny, how do you feel about Sam Bankman-Fried now being connected to Chinese officials? We know he was the second largest donor behind George Soros to the Democratic American campaign. I mean, I don't know why anybody's surprised when this rat snake weasel does any of this kind of stuff. The only thing I'm surprised about is that the Chinese didn't take the $40 million bribe. I mean, they're all about bribes. You can't get anything done in China without doing bribes. So I'm actually surprised. I'm actually wondering if they took the money. Did he get caught or did or did they actually decline it? I guess that's the one part we're going to have to find out. But nothing surprises me about this rat snake weasel. We know that he's really, really all the way at, you know, he's 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 the king of rat snake weasels right now. As he was, uh, you know, I think to be honest with you, he's it kind of like reminds me of, um, you know, he's like the Patsy, right? He was the guy that had to take the fall for for crypto, so they could start their whole negative campaign against crypto. Kind of like uh, Lee Har- Harvey Oswald, right? The guy who they say shot uh, Kennedy from both the front and the backside, even though he was in a building like miles away, right? Kind of like he. So I, I feel like that's kind of what I think is happening here. Is he? He's definitely the Patsy here. But nonetheless, um, doesn't surprise me anytime he does anything uh, nefarious. So what do you think, Gonzo? Was $40 million yeah. not enough to get access to that $1 billion worth of crypto liquidity? And for any of our listeners uh, watching on YouTube right now, we are showing an illustration of how Sam Bankman-Fried was accused of bribing the Chinese government nearly $40 million to get access to a $1 billion worth of crypto. Like Johnny Crypto said, uh, Gonzo, no surprises here, but just briefly, I'd love to get a take from you. 
it sounds like I wonder when he did that, like if uh, if it was when that, that hole was starting to be created. But, you know, whatever discussion we had that, hey, this guy was protected or he's going to be protected, that has gone out the window. They are straight up serving this guy up on a platter. And it makes like what Mark Yusko has talked about as like like what Johnny's saying, he's the patsy or they're the useful idiots. Dude, they're serving this dude up and they're going to throw him up. They're going to throw him in a dark like wet hole somewhere in the world and just, he's going to go away, but they are definitely serving this guy up and just more and more stuff um, comes out that is going to just stack his prison sentence. I also want to remind people, Johnny, think about this just six months ago or eight months ago. Now, before this whole thing fell down before our eyes, this man, Sam Beckman fried was being called the JP Morgan of the millennial generation. So if that doesn't show you that the mainstream media really has no clue when it comes to this stuff, I don't know what you're waiting for, but let's play the end of this clip because they reveal some more eerie details about FBX. About in China. That's right. FTX moved to the Bahamas in about 2019, 2020. But before that, um, Sam Bankman was in Hong Kong and he had Alameda Research, uh, which is based in Hong Kong, was doing a lot of trading in China. Wow. So, so I'm sure nice. many people weren't even aware of that. Alameda Research is based out of Hong Kong. So many of these trades are being done in China. Now the $40 million makes sense. But my question is, why did he only have $40 million to get access to a billion in liquidity, Johnny? Probably because he never had that money in the first place. But let's kick it right back to you, my friend. What do you think about this video? Then we'll continue with the show. I got another article. Well, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, what I'm really wondering is, will we see Sam Bank Friedman pull a, an Epstein, right? <laughs> will he hang himself in prison? Because to me, obviously, he's got a, he He knows what's going on or he's been obviously, I think, um, guided in what to do. And the question is, do they want that information coming out? I don't think so. And so as Gonzo said, he's either going to get a long-term jail sentence and then do something in there. Something where, I don't know, it's going to be very interesting to follow this case on what's happening. But it's no surprise that he set the um, Almeida thing offshore, right? Most of these crypto exchanges and platforms are offshore anyway, Abs. Not too many are US-based. So no surprise that he did it over there. Um, again, I'm surprised that they didn't take the 40 million, but I think at that point they didn't, nobody wanted to even get near him. Uh, he's a hot potato, right? So I think everybody wanted to stay away. Thank you, Johnny. And we're going to pull up an expert. Hey, hey, maybe he, maybe he was trying to pay them in $40 million in FTT token. Yeah, they knew it. $40 million in serum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's very true, guys. And one of the things I was just about to play was this Peter Schiff article talking about how XRP's price target could reach $3 if we get a breakout here. But I've highlighted this throughout the episode. The bottoming structure on XRP couldn't be more clear. If you take a trading course, even the free ones online, these are some of the indicators that they tell you to look for. And so to see it on XRP, Johnny, we always say, show me the chart. I'll tell you the news. Well, what's the chart showing? Bullishness. What's the news for XRP? possible resolution with the lawsuit. And we're going to dive into that later in the show, talking about how a summary judgment could be right around the corner. But guys, we got 386 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. And guess what? Next Wednesday, Jeremy Hogan's going to be joining the show. So we're going to be talking about XRP for sure. And guys, let's dive into this next article, which had me really interested as top U.S. Treasury officials said that crypto had no direct role in the bank failures we saw just last week. So this is Lang, one of the lead officials for the United States Treasury Department, oversees the failure of these banks. She said, I don't believe that crypto played a, a direct role in either of these failures. And when she was followed up and asked whether digital assets were an indirect factor, 
She didn't even answer the question. She said that Signature was particularly active in the sector, though she didn't provide any further details. So what is happening before our eyes is they're using crypto as an excuse to further regulate these markets. And Gonzo, I'd love to start with you at the top of my screen. How do you feel about them admitting crypto had nothing to do with these banking collapse? Well, I'm glad that they're, they're being honest because really what had to do with the banking collapse is them getting caught on the wrong side of the liquidity cycle, right? As soon as they were raising rates and the bond market inverted, these guys, these guys got caught in long-term treasury bonds, right? And then what happened was, is you kind of had like a bank run style where people were pulling their money um, and then they have to liquidate those assets at a loss, right? Um, and so their balance sheets looked like they were super healthy, but when you have to, um, they call it mark to market, where they actually have to take the loss, um, they get screwed. And that's really what the cause of it was. It had really nothing to do with crypto. They're just kind of use that as an excuse. You know, and just to build on that apps, think about this. We're talking about people that are running banks for a very, very long time who understand the markets way better than any of us do. And you're going to sit here and tell me that these guys didn't know when we all knew the Fed was going to raise rates and they didn't know that the, the charts were going to go inverse and they were going to actually lock their funds up to set themselves up for failure. Again, something's not right. Something smells extremely fishy. If it looks like a fish and flops like a fish, it's freaking fishy. There is something, the whole thing was set up so that literally they could do exactly what Gonzo just said is blame crypto. But the reality is, come on, guys. These guys are smart people running banks. They know better not to bet against an inverse, especially when you know the Fed has been saying for months, months we've known. For a year now, we knew the Fed was going to raise rates. You think these guys didn't know that? Come on. We're going to play the video of John Deaton and Jeremy Hogan discussing the XRP lawsuit, but Johnny Crypto just reminded me of something. We are witnessing the downfall of the U.S. dollar, and it sounds like fear-mongering when you say things like that, but here's the hard evidence for it. As just this week, China and Brazil began settling trades in their own currencies, ditching the U.S. dollar. Well, what do we have out of Saudi Arabia? Saudi Arabia enters a trade alliance with the BRICS nations, basically, and forced Central Asian nations to step further away from the U.S. dollar. That's not the only update we have for our listeners, as China and France also complete a new gas trade using the Chinese yuan, ending the reliance on the U.S. dollar. Look at this, guys. This is all in March of 2023, and we showed this yesterday. Saudi Arabia partners with China to build a Chinese oil refinery for $12 billion. This is so much bigger than crypto, so much bigger than XRP. When you talk about the downfall of the U.S. dollar, this is something that many people have been predicting for a while because it's how these economic cycles work. And America, we've had global dollar dominance for over 100 years. And typically these currencies, they only last about 85. So, Jackie, I think it's a good time to just shift into the Morgan Creek uh, Mark Yusko article because he kind of highlights more on those details. So Morgan Creek Capital's CEO foresees Bitcoin's global impact as inevitable. And this is uh, further playing into the downfall of the U.S. dollar. So Mark Yusko recently discussed Bitcoin's global impact and further crypto adoption. He pointed out that over 80% of Bitcoin is held outside of the United States, with Americans only owning about 20% of the circulating supply. He emphasized that even if the U.S. did not participate in Bitcoin, the digital currency could continue to function daily. Yusko predicts that cryptocurrency will experience widespread adoption as his six-month-old granddaughter begins using money. He believes that she will never use paper money or traditional wallets and instead will rely on digital wallets and digital currencies. So, guys, in 20 years, Mark Yusko is saying that the dollar will not exist. And we got some news out of Australia yesterday. This is huge news, Johnny Crypto, if you haven't heard. Australia, one of their banks, is officially 
removing cash. No more cash withdrawals from their bank. What is a bank good for if you can't get your money out? I don't know, but let's stick on this article, Jackie. How do you feel about Mark Yusko predicting cryptocurrency adoption and the fact that his granddaughter will never use a U.S. dollar? Yeah, I don't know exact time frames, but I'm Mark Yesko is a smart man. Um, I'm and I, you know, this is coming very quickly, just like you said. You know, banks aren't letting people withdraw um, up to a maximum amount of money. I'm seeing in local stores, you know, to do you anytime you make a transaction um, and pay with your card, and it asks you, uh, you know, do you want do you want to pull cash out or do you want cash back? Right. Um, I'm seeing on a lot of you know, debit card machines that you can't get more than $20 back. So definitely slowly, uh, this is coming. Um, and that's, it's, it's kind of common sense that, I mean, we've talked about this so much and it's just something that grazes over people's heads and they just don't, they just don't realize it because they're in a cyclic, um, life, you know, style that they, it, it's just these tiny little things, um, that come up. They just, pass over and don't actually, you know, connect the dots. And so, yeah, this is, you know, with everything that's going on with the banks, with not being able to draw out cash, all of those types of things in the background, obviously they're switching to a new financial structure and it's going to be digital. Our, our current system is archaic. We've, we've established that we've been talking about it um, time and time again. And so um, everything that's going on with China as well, you know, I was just on the show last week, last Thursday, and we talked about this, um, again, and we've been saying this for a long time. And just like you said, Abs, you know, there is going to be a shift in world powers and, and now we're starting to see it. Everyone's starting to make an alliance with China, with their, um, currency and everyone's shifting away, you know, away from the U S so it is, um, you know, it, it's not super surprising to us because we've been talking about this for so long, but it'll be surprising to people who just, you know, flip on the news every now and then. And and all of a sudden they see that type of news and, you know, everyone goes into a panic. So, and you know what the big question here is, is do you believe that Bitcoin will be able to be a store of value during this economic collapse or this U.S. dollar collapse? Johnny, I'd love to get your thoughts. Do you agree with Yusko that Bitcoin could actually be a way to preserve wealth as we witness the U.S. dollar lose its global dominance? I mean, that's that's the the sixty four thousand dollar question that we're all trying to figure out. And, you know, I just read an article yesterday that the country of Africa is actually using um, Bitcoin. Uh, and there are other nations that are starting to switch totally to or not. No, sorry, not maybe it was Nigeria. I don't remember exactly where it was. It was a country in Africa that was using Bitcoin. Because Yeah, there it is, because literally their 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 currency is being devalued because of its leadership. Right. Of the country. That people are starting to realize, like, okay, you want to devalue that. Well, you can't devalue Bitcoin. So I do believe that you will see, I said this earlier in last week or maybe this week, that humans are resilient. And when they figure out what's going on, they're going to look for an alternative. And I'm starting to really believe now that Bitcoin is most likely going to be that alternative besides silver and gold. I, I really do. Um, because silver and gold is kind of hard to, to transact in. I think it will still be there, but I do believe that Bitcoin abs is going to continue to grow and going to continue to be that alternative around and outside the system. The question is, what are the what are the countries like the U.S. going to do to limit it? They're going to do it. They're going to try to find a way. They don't want anybody operating outside of a CBDC, right? They want everybody on a CBDC and Bitcoin gets you around that. So I think they're going to try to find ways to limit it. So we'll have to see. I think the rest of the world, though, will 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 use Bitcoin. 
And therefore, that might be an alternative for people in America as well in the long run. Absolutely. And Gonzo, I'd love to get your thoughts as well. But we got 372 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smack that like button. When we look at the XRP or sorry, the Bitcoin on-chain data, we can see that 70% of all Bitcoin is in profit right now. And we've officially moved out of this dark blue range, which shows us the bottoms of a bear market. So really clear right here. I'd like to actually compare it back to what we saw in 2019. Jackie referenced this. It's like a mini pump, a little momentum in the market, but then we get the second wave down before we actually go on our bull run. So that's really what I'm anticipating for Bitcoin. Gonzo, do you believe Bitcoin could be a store of wealth during a U.S. dollar collapse? Um, yeah, you know, I think it's an interesting narrative. Like Johnny was saying, when you look at these countries like Argentina, Nigeria, other places where their fiat is not worth anything, when you look at that fiat compared to Bitcoin, Bitcoin has always been up. It's never corrected in price. It's just stayed up, right? And it goes into the bigger narrative of what we're talking about, about the US dollar being taken down as the world currency, right? Because let's look at it. Like, do you think that as a world currency, are people really going to trust the Russians and the ruble or maybe the, the Chinese with the yuan, right? And so if your options are that, or maybe Bitcoin, you're going to have some people that are going to shift over to Bitcoin. Or maybe we go to what we've been talking about on this show is maybe we get a basket of currencies that become the world reserve currency, right? Because are you going to fully trust the Chinese and the Yuan and what they do to kind of be the world currency, right? And so it goes to his argument about only 20% of the supply is held by Americans, 80% is held by the world. And I think that's going to continue to grow. And and then it's funny because I've been watching Mark Yusko in the, in the past couple interviews that he's done. And I, I've learned so much about him. I know we've had him on the show, but I didn't know. He, did you guys know this, Johnny? He actually believes in the, in the moon phases like us. When he does his technical analysis, he gave the statistic that if you were to trade the stock market based on just the moon phases, that you'd be up like 1,000x. Not 1,000%, but 1,000x. Now, he didn't say like when you'd start trading, but I thought that was pretty crazy. The other thing that I learned from him is, so you guys know how Satoshi Nakamoto's birthday is on April 5th. 1975 the reason they picked that date was in on april 5th 1933 it's when fdr signed um the executive order 6102 where they banned gold right so it was on that date and then there was a reversal order that happened on april 5th 1975 and so that's where satoshi's birthday comes from so i thought that was just a cool little fact there John, it's like jp morgan said or some people call sam bankman freed <laughs> i'm just kidding he said <laughs> millionaires don't use astrology billionaires do and that's another example yep. so honestly it's really no surprise a guy like mark jessica would leverage something that even they were calling useful 100 years ago and we've only got a couple of minutes left in the episode so let's close it out on this moneygram article as stellar lumens and moneygram not only inked a partnership but they won the FinTech Award of the Year as the best use of blockchain in FinTech. MoneyGram has bagged the award for best use of blockchain in FinTech. The award comes after its partnership with the Stellar Development Foundation. Something else that we've talked about, and this is a little bit off topic, but every time XRP moves, Stellar moves in correlation. And we saw that this week as well. Everyone's focused on the XRP price chart, but if we did spend a little bit of time, you can see that Stellar is a laggard. Every time XRP pumps, Stellar closely follows behind, and people can try to come up with theories as to why, but that's the reality of it. It's, it's what's happening. So with that being said, let's dive into this article. The international award holds a lot of prestige within the fintech industry, and MoneyGram has been acknowledged for implementing real-world blockchain use cases 
for its unique on and off ramp digital services. This is obviously being done through Stellar. And I think it's exciting because Stellar typically falls into the background when it comes to these narratives. So Johnny, how do you feel about them winning the FinTech award of the year? And the fact that this award is so prestigious within the crypto industry. Well, I mean, we know that it has the ability very, very similar to do the same type of functionality as Ripple does or XRP does, right? So no surprise there. It kind of validates what, what XRP hasn't done. But I think it's good for them nonetheless. And, you know, we'll see where this goes in the long run. We know that MoneyGram, I think, the partnered with first with XRP, if you remember, I believe they were using them. And then when the case got, you know, when the case got set against them, they jumped off ship. Yeah, two hours. <laughs> and they jumped off ship and went to their uh, to, to Stellar's technology. So, you know, either way, I know Coach has been saying for a while, XRP will be for the banks. XLM will be for the for, for bank to consumer. And X, uh, XRP would be bank to bank. And XLM would be bank to consumer, right? So I still think that there is a probability there of that happening. I do want to just go back to the last article we guys were talking about, the, the, the one. You know, we know that Ray Dalio has said the shift is coming. And we and if you watch this video, you should all watch it if you haven't. It's about a 40-minute video. It talks about the next currency, next country taking over, and it is the 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 wands. So certainly, uh, or yuan. So certainly there's an option there. You know, that's one thing you could do is kind of convert some of your cash to that if you believe that's gonna happen. That's one potential scenario. Uh, maybe it's a basket of currencies, we don't know, but we know one thing for sure. They want to shift to digital. That that's for sure one thing that's definitely coming. Absolutely. And before we close out the show, I do want to give a shout out to our live chat. Thank you to everybody who participates in the live chat. John commented, this is this live chat is too great. I'd like to call it the best in the game. So thank you so much for being participating in our show. This is why we do this. And to close this episode out, I'd love to break down a little HBAR news as Starburst said they're building the juicy verse on Hedera, which is really exciting. But Gonzo, there's a second layer to this story. If you scroll down just a little bit, Skittles is also interested in using Hedera, possibly leveraging NFTs. So more of a lighthearted story here. I think it's good for branding. It's good for marketing. But when we talk about Hedera, IBM, Boeing, Google, the list goes on and on. Now you can add Skittles and Starburst to that list. <laughs> what does it mean to you, Gonzo? Yeah, man. It's why I have my position in HBAR, right? Uh, you know, I, I think that the uh, compared to the other ecosystems, the uh, the HBAR uh, NFT ecosystem is small, but I think it continues to grow and they have really good projects. So, you know, that's why we talk about it. Like we're not maxis in anything. We, we were talking about Bitcoin and stuff. And then sometimes we talk about Ethereum, but literally we're into all the other ISO tokens, uh, Ethereum, Bitcoin. Like we're going to have multiple, like Johnny likes to say, horses in the race. Because at the end of the day, we're, we're betting on probabilities, but we're not 100% sure. So we want to cover all our bets. Thank you so much. And check this out, Gonzo. Just to close our episode out, let's run through a couple of the people who are governing and leading this project, which is Hedera. We've got Boeing, Chainlink Labs, which is responsible for being an Oracle provider to banks. Now we have DBS, Google, Boeing, IBM, LG, several others. And I'm sure if I wasn't from America, some of these other names would resonate with me as well. So Jackie, just like 15 seconds in the show, how do you feel about HBAR overall? And do these partnerships, do they mean anything to you? Is this exciting? Yeah, we love HBAR. Um, partnerships, man, we talked about this at the beginning, uh, just like with Ripple. So don't, uh, price does not reflect utility, um, but partnerships, co-founders, team, all of that does. And we'll see that in the future. Absolutely. And we're going to close this show out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Jackie. Thank you to Johnny. And thank you to Gonzo, aka Super G. We got 360 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And you already see it on the screen. 
Next Wednesday, we're going to be interviewing Jeremy Hogan and breaking down the XRP lawsuit. So we're going to close it out the same way we always do. Warriors, ah, get your shit together, baby. Thanks for joining us. Let's, Let's go. go. Love you guys. Love you guys.